Hey guys, I'm doing another podcast. Um, it's been a while since the last one, actually, and um, the wild like I've taken breaks before from recording, and you know they were mostly because exams, tests, uh, work, you know, stuff like that. But this time, I I don't know what happened because I'm not. I don't even think I was busy with exams for like the last two weeks, maybe. And uh, you know, work's been cool, um. So I don't know what happened. And, you know, I, I was listening to Channing on JJ's podcast, and they were talking about all the people, all the NBA players that started podcasts, and you know, not many of them are left. And Channing talked about how. You know, it's work. Like, you think about it like you're just talking. But you need things to talk about. You need, like, I guess not structure, because I do just... Like, sometimes I have structure, like, I know this is what I want to talk about. But other times, I... Like, even other times, I I know what I want to talk about, but I can go any direction I really want to. Um, So, yeah, like, it is work. And, like, sometimes... I, I don't know what happened. Like, it's... You really have to be committed to it, and um, and it's harder than, I guess, what you would think. But anyways, um, there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about today, actually. And number one was, ooh, let me see where I want to start off. All right, let's let's start off with the plan, I guess. So I don't want to talk about like matchups that could happen, that are happening, because the like there's so much that can change that it would be dumb or useless really to talk about matchups that potentially could happen you know what i mean cuz like i could spend 10 minutes talking about oh we're going to get lakers clippers and then it doesn't happen and like you know 10 minutes 15 minutes are just wasted like that so what i wanted to talk about i'm also, it's it's one of, like like specifically with the Lakers because they're like the biggest story when it comes to the play-in. It's it's one of those things where okay, so they're they're in seventh now. They just lost to they just lost to the Blazers, where you know eighty eighty uh, he played center down the stretch and he was a monster. Like he had a great game. He was a monster down the stretch. I still don't think he's a hundred percent because. To for me, for me, I don't think AD is a hundred percent until he can start making his free throws. Like when you watch the beginning of the season and you watch it even now, the you could tell something with his legs that he wasn't right. Like something was bothering him with his uh, like jump shot mechanics. You know, he he bends down and like you could tell something was bothering him because. He was shooting like 70% at the free throw line. This is a guy that routinely shoots 80 to 85% at the line. And even tonight, he missed five free throws. So, you know, I don't think he's 100%. I don't think he's... I don't think you can say... He, I, I personally would not say Anthony Davis is 100% until he starts making his free throws. You know, he can have all like the dunks and all that stuff. You know, the nice defensive plays. But I don't think he's 100% until he starts making his free throws. But yeah, he was a monster down the he was a monster down the stretch. They lost the game, but 
they lost the game mainly because of, I would say, three things, and one thing was pretty bad, too. So number one was KCP fouling for no reason. I think it was a three-point game, 50 seconds left. He fouled, he fouled uh, Dame, and they were in the bonus. They got two free throws. That was terrible. I don't even know what he was thinking on that. Um, but then I think Caruso got got a two really quick. And it was 35 seconds left, three-point game. You know, they up, they go up the floor, and um, Caruso fouls, I think, CJ. I think CJ this time. And they make another two free throws. They didn't have to foul at all there once again. And I think in between those two fouls, Kuzma took up. They were in a transition, and Kuzma took... Kuzma was having, like, an awful game. I think he went, like, one for 13 or something. Um, you know, he had an awful game, and he took a hero ball three. He was in transition. He could have easily just taken that to the rim, but he wanted to be a hero. He still has that in him. He bricked that. Um, so, yeah, then Caruso fouled. It was a five-point game, and then I think... I'm trying to remember. They needed a quick three, and so they ran a pick-and-roll with uh, Caruso and Kuzma. Kuzma set the screen. He popped out. Caruso went into the lane. Kuzma was open, and then Caruso didn't pass it because he's not – his vision is okay. He's he's good with, like, quick decisions, but he's not, like, great at – he's not a great playmaker, and his vision isn't, like, elite or anything. So he missed him, and he took a bad, like, fade away one footer. Uh, that bricked, and that was pretty much game over. But, yeah, like – I thought AD looked pretty good, and, like, that's that's good. Mark got some minutes. Drummond is still ass. Um, you know, but I, what, I think <laughs> some one of the assumptions people keep making is, oh, you know, the Lakers lost, and Portland and Dallas now. Well, Dallas, I think, is because they're, like, a couple games ahead now. But, like, the assumption is, like, these teams are going to beat who they're supposed to beat. And that just has not been the case all year. Like, Dallas has, a, I think, a losing record against teams under 500. They just, I think they just lost back-to-back to the Kings without De'Aaron Fox and, I think, Tyrese Halliburton. So they keep losing to teams under 500. And, <clears throat> and Portland lost to, like, the Hornets. Like, you you just can't trust these teams. And if you look at Portland's, like, I've heard a lot of people talk about, oh, they got the tiebreaker now. They're half a game up as well. No, no, they're, I think they're a whole game up. Half a game or a whole game up on the Lakers. So they're like, oh, you know, Portland, they, they definitely got it locked up now. You know, the Lakers are 100% going to be in the play. And I'm like, I don't think that's true at all. Because if you look at Portland, they keep losing to like, they've lost to a bunch of average to bad teams. And if you look at their schedules, they got the Spurs coming up. Spurs are still in the play and hunt. So that's a huge game. Did they beat, did they beat Sacramento tonight? Let me see. Because I know they were on a five-game losing streak, and two of those games were the Utah Jazz. Like, that's tough. Uh, yeah, so they did beat the, they did beat the Kings tonight. I'm just looking at the box score real quick. I've already used up all my data. Like I, I was, 
like I don't get a lot of texts like people and sometimes the only text I get is like my data my the phone company I'm with just telling me you know I've used the 100% of my you know high speed data so I'm using <laughs> I'm using 3G right now and it's taking forever let's see uh, no one had a big game I guess hmm yeah, no one had a big game. The Spurs made four threes. Spurs went four for 22 from three and it's still one. That's pretty insane. Um, yeah, no one had a big game. Just looking at it real quick. Yeah, no one had a big game. All right, whatever. Yeah, the Lake, no, the, the Blazers are one whole game up. One and a half, I think. Yeah, the, yeah they're one and a half a game up on... What's it called? The the Lakers. Boyan had 48 tonight. Anyways, what was I talking about? Yeah, so uh, Portland has the Spurs coming up. The Spurs need to win because um, the Pelicans, I guess the Pelicans really aren't that much of a threat, but I think the Spurs still want to win. So that's a, that's a big game. And then I think they have the Nuggets. They have the Suns. And who else? I know they have one other, like, tough opponent. I'm talking about the Blazers, like, what their schedule looks like. And the Jazz, and the Jazz, yeah, I remember. So they have the Spurs, Nuggets, Suns, and the Jazz. That's four games that, like, I wouldn't be shocked if they went 0-4 against that, or 0-3, even 2-2. And And if you look at the Lakers' schedule, it's the Knicks. I think it's the Pacers. Pelicans and the Suns. So I could see the Lakers going 3 and 1. Uh they, I think they have the Suns on Sunday. Yeah, I think the Suns on Sunday. And honestly, if I'm the Suns or the Jazz, I want I need the Lakers to be the the 6 seed cuz I don't want to face them in the first round. That would be insane. Um so I don't know if they would tank it. I think they would still beat them, but it's just one of those things where like I wouldn't want to. I don't want to face the Lakers in the first round. Um, so yeah, I could see the Lakers going three and one down the stretch, and the the Blazers going like, you know, two and three or something like that. Um, but yeah, so the the thing I wanted to talk about the plane was it's a lot of conversation about should it be a thing, and I think I don't like I didn't mind the play in last year. I and I don't mind the play in at all. But I don't like how it's structured this year. You know, last year, you know, um, it made more sense because there were 82 games and 10 games were cut. So it's like, you don't get, so like Portland last last year didn't get 10 games to make up the ground to make that playoff push. So the the NBA was like, okay, we're going to make it, you have to be four games within the, of the eight seed, and then you can be in that tournament. So that made sense to me. This so when I heard the plane was coming back, I was excited about it. I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, this is something that would be nice. And then people kept talking about like the seventh seed. Wait, no, people actually started talking about you the importance of the sixth seed. And I was like, why does the sixth seed matter? And then I saw the actual format, and I was like, okay, but what are the restrictions? Because because I don't, I don't like the idea of a seven seed being, 
like six games ahead and still being in the play-in. Like, that makes no sense to me. I think that's very unfair because, like, what if the seventh seed, you know, um, it, let's say for one one year it's Utah and Donovan has, like, a ankle twist or something and he's due to come back, like, a week later when the playoffs would still be in the middle. And now Utah can't be – like, Utah is in a playing game now and they lose – only because Donovan's out, like that makes no sense to me. Um, I think what they, sh- I think what they should do is, if you are within three games of the eight seed and you're a nine, ten, you're a nine or ten seed, uh, there should be a plan. And if the eight seed is in three games of the seven seed, then they could battle it out for the seven seed. I think that's what. That's more fair. So if, uh, let's say, the 9 and 10 are within three games of the 8 seed and the 8 seed is three games within the 7 seed, then we should do what the format is right now where you know the 8 and 7 play for the 7 seed and the loser of the 8 and 7 matchup faces the winner of the 9-10 matchup for the last playoff spot. But if, um, if let's say, eight, I mean, uh, 9 and 10 are within three games of the 8 seed, but the 8 seed is like five games behind the 7 seed, the 7 seed is safe. Eight, I mean, uh, 9 and 10 play, and the winner of 9 and 10 face the uh, number 8 team, twice so you still give um the eight seed two chances to win and the nine or ten seed would have to win three times to secure their spot i think that i think that's fair and you know if we get a situation like last year where it's um only the nine seed is three games behind the eight seed then uh you know nine and eight play twice the nine seed has to win twice and the eight seed only has to win once. And if we get into a situation where it's um, a nine is in three game, three games behind the eight seed and the eight seed is three games behind the seven seed, it should be eight and seven playing. Winner of that uh, has to play the nine seed twice. And, you know, only beat them once and the nine seed has to beat them twice. I think those are just like very fair solutions instead of just making it as a seven seed for sure, no matter what, or even like the eight seed for sure, no matter what, has to be in a playing tournament. And if uh, the nine and ten seed are not within three games of the eight seed, and the eight seed is uh, three games behind the seven seed, then you know they just play twice. And the seven uh, only has to beat the eight once, and the eight has to beat the seven twice, and then you know that I think that's I think that's how it should be. All right, the next thing I wanted to talk about was um, something that has to do with the NBA, but not like current NBA, and that's Wilt Chamberlain. And the reason I wanted to talk about him was. 
I've recently, I don't know, I don't know why I've recently just become kind of obsessed with them. And the thing that it's it's an interesting thing for me because I'm not like the biggest Wilt guy in terms of like him as a player. Like I'm actually much lower on Wilt as a player than most people. Like even like the most people that are low on him are like, yeah, he's a top, you know, five to ten player. I'm I'm he's probably in my top five to ten. But like sometimes I I would argue him he's like closer to ten to fifteen than he is five to ten. So I'm I'm not very high on him as a player, and as a person as as a person, like I'm pretty sure he's like a Republican. He was I guess he was a Republican and like a conservative. So I'm not sure I would be like his biggest fan off the court as well. But like. The dude was just so fucking cool. Like, he had the look. He he had the body. You know, he was a good-looking guy. He had like the, like the iconic goatee and the, not the fro, but like like a mini fro, I guess. He just looked so cool. He always had like the chain dangling, fashion icon. Everything about him was just cool. And like the little pieces, of you, the little pieces that you got of him, and like the media, like. He was funny. He was charming. He had a personality about him. So you know, I I liked all that aspect of Will. Like, I li- I liked that aspect of Will, and I was kind of obsessed with that part. So I've just I've just been going through interviews and reading some of his books and um, excerpts and whatever I can find. And one of the ones I found was him on Howard Stern. I think this was probably... I think it was 96. I can't remember the exact date, but I think it was 96. And uh, some of the things he said on there are fucking wild. And it's it's one of those things, like, when you read some of Wilt's records and, like, um, accomplishments and you know, his, um, I guess, speed, strength, and stuff like that. You're like, I'm, people are making that shit up. Like, there's no way that's real. And then you hear it, hear some of the other things coming from Wilt's mouth, and you're like, yo, he's making this shit up. But I, <laughs> I really don't know if he's making some of this up, but, like, I don't, I can't do anything but take someone at their word, you know, I can't. I can't do much more than that. Uh, like you, you would have to lie to me like at least once for me to be like, yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't take you at your word for this. And one of the first things he taught. So actually, actually, I I uh, listened to an interview with him on Conan. I think it was Conan before, and they talked about the twenty thousand women. And he said it was it was more of like an exaggeration. He just like twenty. He just picked twenty thousand out. Like it, it wasn't actually twenty thousand women. And um, I'm trying. What did he What did he say exactly? I'm trying to remember. He said he said it's it's about something about like fulfillment. It's like you know it doesn't. It's not going to fulfill you. 
and he just paid 20 like it was a lot but it wasn't 20,000 so then he went on the Howard Stern show and it did it sounded like he it was 20,000 like the way he talked about it he's like yeah it actually it probably was 20,000 and uh you know the they I don't know what they started I think they were talking about like you know when you first when you uh they were talking about like oh you know you could do math problems with Will Chamberlain and his uh you know, sex conquest. You know, if Will is in Chicago, how many women can he fuck from Chicago to New York? You know, stuff like that. Uh, if he fucks three women a day, you know, he's been doing it for 10 years. Uh, you know, what does that equal up to? Stuff like just math problems like that. So then uh, I think Wilt said, like, Wilt made up a math problem in his head. He's like, yeah, you know, if Wilt was fucking women uh, from um, since he was nine to what he to 45 you know how many women has he slept with you know so howard asked him like so you were you were with you were sleeping with women well i guess not women but like girls when you were nine years old he's like no no no, i wasn't i just made that number up and then howard was like okay so how many what how old were you you know and then howard was like i was uh i think howard said i was like 12 or something like that and Wilt was like, I think Wilt, this is one of those things where I think Wilt made it up. Wilt said he was five years old. Wilt said he was five year old. He was a five year old having sex. He said him and this girl during like the nap time would go behind the curtains and do it. And he, it wasn't a t- like. So they made they made sure they asked like was it a teacher? He's like no, it's actually a, he said it was actually a woman that I still know. So yeah, he he said he was having sex when he was five years old, and I don't believe that at all. Like there's zero chance. Actually, I want to say zero. I guess I'm I guess I'm just speaking more experience, remembering myself as a five year old, and there is absolutely no okay. There's absolutely no, no way that anything revolving sex was even on my mind. Even, like, when I was probably, like, 10. I don't, like, it was never on my mind. And Will had, like, the capacity to, like, think about I just don't believe that's true. So that was one thing. Um, another thing was, I guess they were talking about magic and magic catching the... Well, they were talking about, like, the woman again. How many subways? Like, they were like, you're being safe, right? You're being safe. He's like, yeah. Because I guess, you know, because Magic had caught the bug. So they're like, we don't, we don't want you ending up like Magic. And uh, Will was like... <laughs> Will, Will said his dick is so big that he makes his own condoms. Like, his dick is too big for the extra, extra, extra large... So he goes up to like a condom company. He draws up like a picture of himself, like a stick figure, and he draws up like how big his dick is. And they make the condom like they work from that and make a com- make a condom for his size. So he will will has his own condoms made, and I think they said, I think he said that they send him at least like two hundred a month. So yeah, Will Will was fucking a lot, perhaps. 
allegedly. Um, aside from that, I just think he's cool as fuck, honestly. Like, I don't, I'm not sure. Like, I don't think doing all this research has made him made me like a bigger fan of Wilt as like a player or something. Like, I have my, you know, problems with Wilt as a player. You know, it comes up, it comes up a lot in like the goat debate, and people are like, how come Wilt isn't mentioned? And I think he would have been mentioned if he wasn't such a like a puke-worthy free-throw shooter. Like, just horrendous. And, like, I rank Bill Russell ahead of him. I rank Shaq ahead of him. And people are always like, oh, but you're you're talking about free throws, but you have Shaq and Bill Russell ahead of him. And the free throws matter when it's um, big, close games. Like, the free throws don't matter if it's a blowout or anything like that. And so I went through all of Wilt's big close games in the playoffs Bill Russell's big close games in the playoffs and uh, Wilt's big close Shaq's big close game in the playoffs and Wilt shot 39% at the free throw line in big close games Bill Russell and Shaq were closer to like 70% so that's like a 40 yeah 40% difference between uh, Russell and Shaq between between Will and Russell and Shaq. So he was way behind. There was a game, I think it was the 1969 finals, game seven. The Lakers lost by one point. Will had gone to the line, I think, 11 times, and he made one free throw. He went one for 11 at the free throw line in a one-point loss. Uh, that's a game he got injured in, and they actually made the comeback without him. But that... that but that still tells you, like, in a big game, Wilt just was not going to deliver. And if you look at, you know, players from that era that, like, really talk about Wilt, like Rick Berry said. Rick Berry, I think, just flat out called Wilt like a loser. That he never steps on, he never steps up in big games and shit like that. I don't think that's all the way true. I just don't think, I just don't think he was as... Um, offensively dominant as he could have been as he should have been and I don't think and I think the free throws really hurt um yeah I think um that's all I wanted to talk about for Will let's see what else I wanted to talk about what else is going on in the NBA okay the Nets have lost four straight games and it's really got me thinking about Harden and Kevin Durant. I just there's there's molds of players in the NBA. There's like the all around guys. There's the score. They're the two way player. They're the bigs, and I think the most special, like the the most special type of player there is in the game is the all around LeBron, Harden, Luka, Jokic type player where. They they might not get the assist or the point every possession, but they control every single possession. They initiate every single possession, and uh, you know. And while they do that, they're also getting you like the thirty points and ten assists. Like Kevin Durant can have thirty points and ten assists, but he he doesn't impact as many possessions as LeBron and Harden when they get thirty points and ten assists. 
Like Harden initiates every single thing. Luka initiates every single thing. LeBron initiates every single thing. They just do it naturally. Like it's 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 like second nature to them. They don't they don't have to think about it. They just do it. And with Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard and some other players, you can tell that they're trying to do something. Like they're trying to pass. They're trying to get someone open. With Harden, LeBron, Luka, Jokic, they're not trying for anything. They're just doing whatever the defense gives them. Like it's it's not something that they have to concentrate on doing. And it's really got me thinking about just who's like just who's better between Harden and Kevin Durant and if I've been thinking about it wrong because I think most people would rank Kevin Durant as better because he's 6'11 he can make the three mid-range post up finish at the rim get to the line great shooter great finisher um, good defender rim protection but And I think I would take KD as well. And I'll give my reason for it in a little bit. But the things that Harden does, it's like, yeah, KD gets me 30 points. He does it efficiently. But then it's like, okay, Harden also gets me 30 to 35 points a night. He also does it efficiently. But then he's also getting me 8 to like 12 assists a game. KD's not doing that. KD would have to think about like KD would have to go into a game thinking about getting assists for him to do that Harden just does it night in night out um and you know he's an he's an elite scorer and an elite playmaker but the re but the and I think the reason I would take uh KD over him is because I think if I'm building a team around the two I can get someone who can do the things that Harden does, but at a lower level, and I can maximize what KD does then. Because, like, James Harden in, in, a flow, in, in the flow of the game can score as many points as KD, and he can uh, do it as efficiently as KD. Like, you know, that step back three that he makes at like 36 37 percent he can get that shot off anytime he wants and uh you know he can get to the rim anytime he wants he can draw fouls anytime he want but when you get to the last five minutes of games i that i think that's why that's why i want KD over him that just because kevin durant has a shot that when defensive tighten up, he can go to the mid-range and he's got a shot that he makes at 50%. Even if it's two points, he's got a shot that he can make half the time. I don't want James Harden relying on a shot that he makes 35% of the time. Because if he goes cold, like that's, like, that's a shot that misses 65% of the time. Like, I'd rather have the thing... That I might only make half the time, half the time, but I'm still getting points up. And like I get points up, you go down, you miss a three, I come back and I make another mid range shot. Now you're now you're sweating. So I, I just think the mid range, like it's not dead, like it's never gonna be dead. Like the great players still use it. 
You watched LeBron against Denver, the game five. Like, he closed them out by making, like, five, like, I think it was three mid-range and one three. Like, teams still go to the mid-range. Um, Kawhi Leonard, like, he's still, like, the mid-range guy. Like, he won a championship making mid-range jumpers. Um, so, yeah, I I do think it's much closer. And I can get someone like a Kyle Lowry who can do some of the things that Harden does. Like, he might not score the 30 every night or, like, even every other night. But he can control every possession and get me 15 points, 8 assists, like, nightly, just naturally, just control it all. So, and then then I just need KD to be worrying about the... um, What's it called? The scoring and stuff like that. Closing games out. With Harden, I fear that with no mid-range jumper... Like, he eliminated the mid-range jumper. He said, I'm not taking it at all. I think if he still had, like, even a little bit of a mid-range game... Like, Luka has a mid-range game now. Luka... I was worried about Luka that he was going to become... A James Harden, and that's not a shot at James because I, I love James. I think he's a great player, but I was I don't I don't like the game where it's like I come off a pick and roll, I have an open fifteen footer, and I'm not even looking at the basket. So Luca was doing that last year, but this year he's taking a lot of mid range jumpers and he's making them at an elite level. He's posting up guys, he's shooting fadeaways over them. And, uh, you know, he's coming off screens. He's making 15-footers. One thing about Luka, he's going to step back no matter what, even if he doesn't have to. He will step back. Um, and that that's, uh, that's, I think I would take the guy, if, you, if you're talking about the mold of player, I would rather have that than, like, the Kevin Durant, pure, pure scorer who can kind of play make at some who can kind of playmate? I would rather have the guy that just the, the that's the most rare and special mode of player. The guy who just naturally impacts every single possession, initiates every single possession, even if they're not scoring or assisting the ball. And then you look up and they still have like thirty points and ten assists, even though they controlled way more possessions than that. Like. All right, he's he's one of my favorite. He's probably my favorite point guard of all time. But if you look at Rondo and Steve Nash, so if you just looked at their numbers, they're pretty close. Like Steve Nash was obviously way more efficient scoring the ball. But if you just looked at like 15 points, like 14, 15 points, like 11 assists a game, something like that, right? But Steve, like Steve led offenses that were number one and number two for like a decade straight rondo did not do that like rondo rondo's passes i'm trying i'm trying to figure out like the best way to say this but i guess i'll just i'll just explain it so rondo's passes led directly to assist like he was waiting for a play to develop and he passed it and it led to assist he wasn't he wasn't creating shots like does that make sense like he was not going into pick and rolls, breaking down defensive, uh, breaking down defenses and creating shots because of how, you know, dynamic of a scorer he was. 
Like Steve came off a pick and roll and you had to get up on him and uh, uh, because he was such a good shooter so you had to get up on him and uh, what's it called? Um, either trap him or or he's going to have a wide open jumper. So he used that to his advantage and he passed it and that would lead to like a, a like whoever the roll man was or the pop man was you know making a play and he, that might not end up on Steve's assist but that's him creating a shot like Rondo wasn't doing stuff like that and you know that that's just an example of like numbers not fully uh showing like the value because Rondo and Steve had like similar numbers but like Steve value was just much higher um it's the same with someone like well kind of it's not really the same. Like, okay I, I think it is the same as like when Steph comes off a pick and roll with Draymond they double Steph or trap Steph and that leads to a four on three he passes to Draymond and Draymond makes a play because he's playing four on three Draymond gets those assists Steph does not so, like, Steph is controlling possessions, but he's not, like, it's not going up on the, like, the uh, score, like, the box score as, a, as an assist for him. And I think it's the, it's the same with, like, LeBron, Harden, Luka. Like, they'll, they'll call out the play. They'll initiate the offense. And while, meanwhile, like... Luca might call up. Luca might see something and he's like, "Okay, uh, Tim Hard, Tim, like this place for you. Like, I see something. Like, run this play and you know you run this play and you're gonna get an open shot. Uh, you know, Josh, this is for you. <laughs> um, you know, KP, this is for you. Like, I see something. Like, we're gonna run this. This is for you. And you know, I like you might make a play. Like you, like Jalen, you know, run this play. I see something." You run this play, and now you might get an assist. I don't get an assist for that, but like Luca called that play out. Like Luca said, do this, and you know that led to points. I don't think KD, Kawhi, and like they they don't do like they can do those things, but they don't do it naturally. Like Luca does that play in play out. James Harden does that play in play out. LeBron does that play in play out. Jokic does that play in play out. Um, yeah, so like, I just wanted to talk about like the mold of players that are so special. And the, so <clears throat> the reason I would still take KD over Harden is because Harden just eliminated the mid-range shot and I don't respect that. And I think if, 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 if it was an all-around player that had the mid-range shot, I would take them 100% of the time over like a Kevin Durant mold where it's like unstoppable scorer. You know what I mean? Like I would take that all around guy over like the unstoppable scorer. Because a lot of the time the all around guy can score the 25 to 30 points as efficiently, almost as efficiently. Meanwhile, being an elite playmaker, like I would just much rather have that. Um... And, you know, we see it right now. Like, the Nets have KD and Kyrie, and they've just lost four straight games. 
because even Kyrie, he he, he can't like even Kyrie, Kyrie's not that type of player either. Kyrie wants to score the ball. He wants to be like the secondary playmaker and like almost like a primary scorer. Um, and you know we saw that with uh, what's it called, LeBron, and we saw that when he was next to uh, James Harden. You know, James and Kyrie, they were winning games. They were winning all the games. Like, I don't, like, I think they had like a huge win streak. And they were winning everything. But when you see him next to Katie, now, now Katie is another guy that isn't that natural um, playmaker. So it's difficult. They just lost four games in a row. And if you look at like their overall record with James and uh, without James, it, like, it makes sense why. Like, you, you need that playmaker. And if, if James Harden is not healthy, like, 100%, actually not even 100 if he's not, like, at least 75%, like, the Nets are going to, the Nets are going to lose in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Like, I don't think they can beat Milwaukee or the 76ers with James Harden only being at, like, 60%. So, yeah, like, I just wanted to talk, I just, I just wanted to like I was watching the the Nets and Bucks and I just I I just noticed it there and then I watched the Nets and Dallas and I was I looked at Luca and I was like this man just controls everything. All right, so let's see what else I wanted to talk about. Hmm, is there anything I'm gonna do um, awards and. Um, all defense, all NBA later on. I did hear that Jokic and Embiid are listed as forward and center. I think that's fucking absurd. Like, I don't mind them going, like, uh, making someone like Tatum guard forward, Jimmy Butler guard forward. Like, that doesn't matter that much. But, like, Embiid and Jokic play 100% as centers. So I think that was kind of dumb. Like I think they should just make it positionless. Also, they should make an all-defense third team. Like I don't understand why that's not a thing already. They should make uh, all the things positionless and also add all-defense third team. Um, what else? Did, okay, um, the last thing I wanted to talk about was trash-talking. You know... Uh, the Wolves and the Heat played and Jimmy Butler and Cat kind of got into it and you know I think Jimmy called him like a loser like you know you're soft as baby shit <laughs> um, I, I didn't want to talk about that one in specific but I wanted to talk about trash talking as a whole and you know I, I you know when I used to go play with my friends I would consider myself like a huge trash talker but the thing is, I'm not, like, I don't like mean-spirited trash talk. I don't like trash talk that's personal. I don't like trash talk that's, like, bullying. You know, when when my friends and I used to play, my most of my trash talk was mostly like, yo, why are you, why are you even guarding me? You know you can't. Why don't you go guard him? You know you can't guard me. Like, why are you even here? You, you might as well not even play defense. Like, you know you can't guard me. Just stay here. We'll check up. 
you know, it's loser's ball. Like, let me just score. You know, you can't stop me. So, like, it's no big deal. Just stay here. Let me score, and then we'll check it up to you. It, it, was, it was things like that. It wasn't like, you piece of shit, I'll fuck your wife, you know. You know, your, your girlfriend's ugly. You know, stuff like that. Like, I don't, like, that's, that's mean-spirited stuff. Like, I don't, like, that's not trash talking to me. And I think a lot of people confuse that with trash talking. Like, saying, like, like a gay slur at someone, that's not trash talking. That's not. And that's really just what I wanted to talk about with the trash talking part. Like, I think too many times people confuse swearing and saying slurs and stuff like that with uh, trash talking. Sorry, I got distracted. I'm actually... I was looking at my at my window and there was just a crackhead dancing. It was kind of fire. Like, he was, he was really going at it. Um, yeah, anyways, yeah, I don't think, like, I like the trash talking that's clever, that's like, like the Larry Bird, like, he would get offended, like, a white person was guarding him, he's like, are you fucking serious, like, you, got, they got you on me, I, I like stuff like that, but the stuff where it's like, uh, yeah, I'm gonna fuck your wife, I'm gonna fuck your girl, stuff, like, that's not trash talk, you know, you're, uh, you know, you're an F word, when I say the F word, I don't mean fuck, I mean the, the gay slur, like, that's, that's trash. I don't, I don't think that belongs anywhere on the court. Um, did anything else happen? What, what else did I want to talk about? I don't want to talk about the plane. I, I'll talk about that when, like, all the seating is, like, actually done and, like, the plane is in, like, actually going on, like, the plane set. Um <clears throat> So let's see what else is going on. I don't want to talk about the MVP. I'll talk. I'll do like a whole podcast about the MVP later. Uh, awards. I'll do another podcast about the awards. Not the not the awards. The All NBA All Defense. Uh, did I want to give a shout out to anyone? Anyone who's been playing really well? Oh, um, get well, Jalen. Him and Tatum had like a big crash. Yeah, Jalen's my baby boy. I I love Jalen. Uh, I hope he's well. I hope he comes back. Um, him and Tatum ran into each other at the end of the Portland game. And he, like, he was, like, limping out. So, you know, I hope he's well. Um, I don't think there's anything else I really want to talk about. I might I might do another podcast just about <clears throat> trades that I think could help both teams. Because I was really thinking about... Portland and if I'm Portland if it doesn't work out this year we get bounced in the first round again I have to like I have to trade CJ I'm not trading Dame Dame stays like Dame's still a superstar Dame's a true superstar I'm not trading him Nurkic is good when he's healthy like he's a good third guy I like I'm. I, you have to do something you have to fire Stotts he's I don't think he's been a very good coach. I think he's been an average to mediocre. Like, he's been a mediocre coach. Um, and I have to get rid of CJ. I just, you just have to do something. You're too small. I, what I, if I were dumb, I would get... I'm getting rid of Stotts. If we get bounced in the first, I'm getting rid of Stotts. 
I'm uh, re-signing uh, what's the name Norman. I'm making him the shooting guard because he's a, he's at least like six four, and he's got like a six nine six ten wingspan. Um, I'm, and then I'm getting another wing. I'm trying to figure out like I I would do like a trade podcast soon, just like trades that would work for both teams and stuff like that. All right, so the last thing I wanted to talk about was just shows I've been watching. And there's really only... <clears throat> there's only two that I've been watching recently. For the most part, I've just been... Like, I just keep re-watching Modern Family, New Girl. I'm I'm starting to re-watch House of Cards again. And, uh, but other than that, I've been watching two shows. Uh, like, two new shows. So one is... Invincible, which I think is the best show I've seen in a while. Actually, that's not true because I do watch, like, I do think Modern Family is really good, and I really enjoyed New Girl as well. Um, but it's probably better than I don't know because only been one season. It's been okay. Invincible is really fucking good. That's my point. And um, you know, it's about it. it Okay, so the first episode, it starts off like a PG Cartoon Network type show. And then the last 10 minutes happen and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Why did he just do that? Why? I did not know. I thought this was going to be a PG show with the way it started. And no, it's not PG at all. Um... It's one of those shows also where I had to know if everyone else was watching it and everyone else was watching it. So the memes and the jokes were flying and I loved that. It's And also, it's one of those shows where I need it. Like, do you, like the Game of Thrones Red Wedding, that was something where I, I loved watching the reactions of that. Like people watching it for the first time. I loved watching that. And this is one of those shows too. Like episode one, the ending, I had to watch the reactions of other people as well. I loved it. I got I got one of my friends onto the show. And uh, she's she's actually like going through like a life crisis or some shit, honestly. Because she, she, moved out of, she moved out of her, like, I guess childhood, childhood house. And I, actually, she didn't move out like recently or something. She moved out like a year ago now, but she moved out. She's like a full-grown adult now, and she got a cat, and now she collects like action figures. So like, yeah, there's something. There's definitely something going on there. I feel like I should check up on her, but it's also like, I mean, who doesn't go through a phase where they just. You know, get a cat and collect action figures. You know, we've all been there. Um, but I got her watching it, and I think she just finished it recently. And I, I just love shows where there's a reaction to be had, and like you're waiting for someone to get up to a certain point on the show just to see their reaction. So I really enjoyed her reactions to it. Um, I think she hates Omni-Man. Calls him like the biggest... I don't even... Th- I'm dead serious on this. I mean this in serious. Like, he's a big piece of shit. And, but he's, he's charming and kind of funny and kind of cool like that too. But 
I don't think he's the biggest piece of shit on the show. I really don't. I think, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Eve's dad. I, I don't know his name. I think he's the biggest piece of shit on the show, honestly. Because Eve is like a super duper superhero. And he keeps trying to make her into a housewife. He's like, yeah, just give all of that up. You know, you want a fresh start. Give up all, Give up your superpowers. Give up being a superhero. And, you know, have some kids. You know, drive them to soccer practice. Stay at home. Do the dishes. Watch the soap operas. I'm like, yo, are you fucking insane? Like, why would you even suggest that to her? You know, all that tells me is that, like, you don't even have her best interest at heart if you would even suggest that. That'd be like if uh, one of... If one of my parents was like, yeah, you know what? Don't take that high-paying job. Instead, take that low-paying job because it, it'll make you learn about, like, the grind and, like, the hustle. I don't give a fuck about the grind and the hustle. I want the money. So, yeah, he's the biggest piece of shit on the show. Way more than Omni-Man. Yeah, Omni-Man killed a couple thousand people. Okay, whatever. He beat the fuck out of his son. You know, he doesn't give a fuck about the people closest to him. Yeah, I get it. You know, he betrayed the whole human race, whatever. But it's still Eve's dad as the biggest piece of shit on the show to me. Um, in the descri- I'm going to talk about some of my favorite... Well, not... Because I, <laughs> I, I went through it so quickly, I don't even, like, remember all of my favorite. I only... I really only remember the... Like, I remember some of the storylines and stuff that happened. But I really just want to talk about the last episode... So in the description, I'm going to put like pause. I'm going to in the description, I'm going to put where to skip up to. So you should just probably pause right now. All right. So I want to talk about four moments in that last episode that made me that they really made me pause the show and just walk around the house for a couple of minutes before restarting it again, because I just had to contemplate what the fuck is even going on right now. So the first one was, you know, Mark and Invincible Omni-Man fighting. Well, they weren't really fighting. It was just Omni-Man fighting. Mark was just like a... Mark was just there. He wasn't really fighting. Omni-Man was just whooping his ass. Mark Mark was just like a silent participant. So Cecil sent in two... I think not two. It was probably a couple fighter jets. And one of them, uh, he parachuted out like... It wasn't working properly, so uh, Mark had to go save him. And, you know, the fighter pilot's like, oh, my God, thank you for saving me. And I think this is something, like, someone someone said this about the show, where they said it's predictably good. Like, you know what's going to happen, but it still shocks the fuck out of you. So the fighter pilot gets out, and he's thanking Mark, and I think all of us are thinking, okay, yeah, this is nice and all, but... We know what's about to happen. Omni-Man is about to fucking kill you. So, you know, the fighter pilot's like, oh my god, thank you. You know, uh, you saved my life. And then Omni-Man appears out of nowhere right behind him. And Mark is like, oh my god, you almost fucking killed him. How could you do that? And it's like, yo, do you not understand it yet? He's evil. That's why he did it. That's how he could do it. He doesn't give a fuck. Um, and Omni-Man's like, and you saved him, you fucking idiot. And then he puts his hand on the fighter pilot's head, squishes it, and tears it apart. I 
I, I could not, like, I knew he was going to kill the fighter pilot, but when he did it like that, I just had, I just had to pause it and go, what the fuck is going on here? And the second moment was, actually, I, I said four, but it was really, it was really three. I don't want to talk about the second one. The second one, it was all right, but it didn't do that much to me. Uh, the second one that I had, the second one now that I'm going to replace it with is the train scene. I think that's probably the most iconic scene from the season. And it's probably the most... Actually, I don't know if it's the most shocking. My third is pretty shocking. Uh, so, he lifts Mark up. They're in a train station. A train is coming. He's like, I want you to see this shit. So he lifts him up. They're on the train track. And the train's coming at them. And it goes through them. And it just kills like a hundred people. You know, you see like their livers. You see their hearts. You see all of them like being ripped apart and shit. And you know, like you see it. But like Mark has to like physically see this shit now. Like he's looking at all like the intestines and all that stuff like coming at him. And I, I saw that now. It was another like what the fuck moment. It was another let me pause. Let me walk around. Let me just digest what just happened. Um, but I, and I think that's probably the most iconic uh, scene from the show so far. And the third one is when Omni Man uh, takes him to the mountain and beats his ass on the mountain. Because it was one of those things where, like, I I, th- I think I kind of knew that he was going to stop. But he took at least five more punches more than I thought he would. He beat the fuck out of Mark. He was like, Yo, I don't give a fuck about you. Like, I'll, ju- I'll just make another kid. I'll just make another kid. Like, it's not a big deal to me. I can do it at 17 years. I live to be, you know, 2,000 years old. I don't give a fuck. I'll- 17 years is nothing to me. So, he's just beating the fuck out of him. Like, Mark's teeth are falling out. He looks like... Uh- what was the villain from the Powerpuff Girls? Um, fuck, what's his name? Uh, Mojo, Mojo Jojo. And that's what it was. Just Google Mojo Jojo beat up. And look at that picture of where he's on the floor and it's like brains popping out. That's what it kind of looked like. That's exactly what it looked like, honestly. Um, so yeah, they beat the fuck out of... Well, he, Omni-Man beat the fuck out of Mark. And... Um, one of the funny things from the episode was when they were fighting initially, Mark was like, it's not too late. You can still you can still stop now. It's like you realize you're not the one in control, right? Like he's beating you up. You're not beating him up. You don't like get to dictate like it's not too late. You can still stop. No, no. He he gets to decide when enough is enough. And he decided it's not enough. He's going to whoop your ass for 40 minutes. And then he'll be done. He He's going to he's gonna have your brain popping out. He's going to have your teeth broken. He's going to put you in a coma. And then he's going to decide he's done. And then he's going to... And then he's going to blame you for it. He's going to say, Mark, you made me do this. Well, he said, why did you make me do this? 
and I I love that. I love I love the the memes that came out from that where the he he's looking at Mark. He's like Mark, think. I love that. That's turned into a meme. I'm gonna use that a ton too. Um, another funny thing from it is like they keep reincarnating Immortal Man and Omni Man. <laughs> Omni Man just keeps killing him in even more brutal ways than the last time he did it. So I, I think this time, I think this time he ripped him apart in half. And if I'm Immortal Man, I'm whooping your ass for reincarnating me just for me to get beat up by Omni Man again. Like why? Why do you like leave me alone? Please leave me alone. Or or reincarnate me after Omni Man is gone. Like do it then. Do not reincarnate me while he's still while he's still there and still powerful and just he like Omni Man is getting more vicious. Like stop stop doing this to me, please. I beg of you. Another thing about I guess the show is I was looking at. I wasn't looking it up, but it just came up on my timeline. It, there was someone was talking about next season and the seasons upcoming, and they were like, "Oh, you think Omni Man's a piece of shit? Well, wait until this guy comes on the show." And I'm like, you, "Are you what? There's even more. There's even bigger pieces of shit than Omni Man. I refuse to believe it. I just refuse to believe that." And. um you know, I'm excited about the show, where it's going to go. The, you know, they've set up a lot of uh, storylines. I know it's already got approved for season two and three. So, very excited about that. It's a really good show. And the second show I've been watching is Dynasty. I'll say this about Dynasty. I don't think it's a great show. I don't even think it's a good show. But it's a show where you can binge watch it pretty easily. And I do this thing where I turn... Like a 45 minute episode into like 20 minutes. Just because I skip over all the parts that I don't find interesting. And it's one of those... Like I can watch most shows as long as they're at least like a 6 out of 10. And they're like crazy and have a lot of twists and shit like that. Like I'll watch bad shows with bad bad plot lines, bad dialogues as long as it's funny. And that's what Dynasty is. Like, it's a lot of... It's it's about, like, this family... Like, a powerful family that's always getting into, like, very shady shit. And very crazy shit, too. Like, it's... It's it's a very sociopath-like show. They have a lot of sociopath-like characters. And the original Crystal... Like, she, she had a very familiar face, but I just couldn't remember... I couldn't think of where she was from. And today, like, literally... A couple of hours ago, I remembered. Well, I didn't remember. Someone on Twitter posted a picture of uh, the main cast from Tokyo Drift. Well, they they posted it like, oh, only like some people know about this movie, like Tokyo Drift. Like everyone fucking knows about Tokyo Drift. Um, I don't. I've 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 probably watched like three or four of the Fast and Furious movies, and. Tokyo Drift is probably the best one from the ones that I've seen. Um, that was a, that was an actual good. I thought that was actually good, but I saw the cast of it, and she's the she's the woman from, not the woman, I guess the girl, because there was, <laughs> they they were 
supposedly, allegedly in high school. You know, they really try to convince us that those 30-year-old men were 16-year-old high school kids. I think that's still one of, like, the most absurd things ever. And uh, she, yeah, so she was the, she she was the girl, woman from that show. Um, that's also a really good show. But it's one of those shows where I've seen three seasons in, like, maybe a week, maybe a week and a half, and I don't remember any single thing that's going on. I don't know any single thing that's going on. I don't, I'm not even sure if I'm that interested in any single storyline that's going on, or if I even like most of the characters like that I'm supposed to like. Having said that, I have watched every single episode and I I think I think I do like it because the this version that's on Netflix right now, it's a reboot and so I was looking at when the last dynasty was and it was in nineteen eighty and I saw that it had nine seasons. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to go watch that then. Because it has nine seasons. So I started to go watch that. And I got to episode two. And I'm not sure if I'm going to continue watching it. Because it's from the 80s. And it's absurd. Like some of the things... Like the way they were talking about gay people in there. Like one one of um, the... So the main character is a dad... He's the head of the family, and his son is gay. And in like the the twenty the new version of it, it's not it, like it it never comes up. Like yeah, he's gay. Everyone knows he's gay, but it never comes up as like a topic. In that one, the dad is just like roasting his son, and they all have the same name and everything. It's the same thing. The I think like the first season is probably going to be the same. So the dad is just roasting his son. He's like, you really think I care about the opinion of a man who's laid his hands on another man? And I thought and I thought he meant like he's fought another man and he doesn't respect fighting at all. So he doesn't respect his son. But I guess he meant his son was gay and he knew he was gay. And then and then he said some he was still he was going in on him for like at least five more minutes after that. And he said, I should set up a scholarship in your name. Call it the Stephen uh, Scholarship of... And then he said the gay slur, the F word. Um, and that's that's one of those things that still shocks me when I hear it. When I still hear it. Like, you, you don't even hear that in songs anymore. Like, it used to be very prevalent in, like, the 90s and mid 2000s and even like early 2010s I guess but you'll you you'll never hear that now and even when I do hear it so like it really stings my ear like like the I guess the um, n-word with like the er I don't hear that like in my daily life ever but like on shows in movies you'll still hear it but the F word, like, you rarely hear that now. And he, and he, like, the dad on the show, he was talking about, like, oh, yeah, I forgot, you know. I, he said something about gay people, I guess, aren't a disease anymore. It's not a mental illness. And he was upset about it. He's like, it should still be considered one. 
So I'm not entirely sure I'm going to continue watching it. But I might still. I don't know. I'm very bored, honestly. Um, but yeah, like I do. I highly, highly, highly recommend Invincible. And Dynasty, I still think is a good show, too. If you watch it like I do. Where I just watch it for fun and I just wa- I just turn 45 minute episodes into like 20 minutes, 20, 25 minutes just by skipping so just by skipping over the things I don't find interesting. Um, but yeah, that's it for today. Thank you everyone for listening.